Guys, we are fired up to be at the 13th annual Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Festival happening on March 2nd to the 5th at the OC Fair and Event Center in Costa Mesa. Tackle, fishing reports, fishing boats, amazing seminars, everything's going to be at this show. Make sure not to miss this one. Plus, we're going to have a booth for the Doc Talk podcast, recording live podcasts throughout the day, so make sure you stop by. Not to mention, we are giving away a show package at CCA. $60 gets you entry to the show, a tote bag, one-year membership to CCA, and loaded whip with goodies from our sponsors. Be sure to check us out. Check out that show package at ccacalifornia.org. Register today for it or stop by the CCA booth outside the show whenever you go to the show and take advantage. We'll see you guys there. Hi, I'm Pat McDonald here to tell you that the Hall Shows are back. Bart Hall Shows February 16th through the 19th at the Del Mar Fairgrounds and March 29th through April 2nd at the Long Beach Convention Center. Share the passion of outdoor recreation as we celebrate 75 years of Hall Shows family fun. Welcome to the CCA California Podcast. My name is Chris, alongside my good friend, Darren Kreil. Darren, what's up, man? How are you? I, You know me. I'm fantastic all the time. Is there a week where you're not fantastic? No. That's <laughs> positive vibes all over, man. <laughs> and I wish I were you, Darren. Just always fantastic. Always just living the, living the dream. But anyway, guys, before we get started, make sure to go follow us on Instagram at CCA California. Also, be sure to... Uh, Join our, I'm sorry, join CCA for $40 a year at joincca.org. Also visit us on our website at ccacalifornia.org. That website is going to be a huge resource for what we're going to talk about today. Today we do have a very special guest, no stranger to the podcast as we had him on last year. We've got Jim Hendricks from Sport Fishing Magazine and Saltwater Sportsman. Jim, welcome back to the podcast, man. How are you? Hey, thanks, Chris. It's great to be here. Thanks for the welcome, and yeah, it's good to be uh, good to be back on the podcast. I uh, I loved it the last time. Uh, we talked about some fun stuff, and you know, we're going to be talking about some very important stuff this time. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Well, Jim, you serve as the um, marketing chair for CCA California on our state board of directors as well, a life member as us two are. And um, you're, you have a very integral role on this 30 by 30 deal, which we'll get to in a, in, in a couple minutes here. But before we get started on the 30 by 30 stuff, just as a refresher for our audience, tell us a little bit, a bit about yourself, man. Oh, thanks. I, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep it brief. <laughs> yeah. I am. Uh, I serve as a West Coast editor for right now for Saltwater Sportsman Magazine and for Sport Fishing. Um, those are two national magazines, and I write a host of stories uh, about fishing and boating and marine electronics for them. I have been. Uh, I'm a lifelong California boater, though. I have uh, boater and angler. Uh, I, my first fish I ever caught was, uh, actually a Bonito, uh, nice. when I was five years old. Yeah. A lot of people say, Oh, I, my first fish was a bluegill or a crappie or a perch. Like well, I caught a Bonito and, uh, I've been, I've been hooked ever since. I Talk really about an it. intro to fishing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, you know, about had my arms pulled out. So, um, and I've also been active in conservation really. Um, I'm going to give away my age here, but I've been active since the uh, 1980s uh, in the, in the uh, Proposition 132 days that where we successfully banned inshore gillnets uh, along uh, in California coastal waters. So uh, that, was, uh, that was kind of my introduction to uh, the conservation side. Uh, I am a proud volunteer member of uh, the Coastal Conservation Association of California and, and sit on the uh, state board of directors. Uh, and we've got a great group of people on that on that board. Um, and as you mentioned, currently serve as the marketing chair uh, for the marketing committee. Uh, and uh, when I when I was recruited for that position, uh, I guess it was about a year ago, I thought, 
they told me oh, it wouldn't be too much work. Don't worry, yeah, you can, you know, you can handle. It. And, the joke's uh, on you. Yeah, boy, were they did they they sucker me in on that one. But I, I actually, I'm getting, I'm I'm very enthusiastic about working on the marketing committee. It's uh, it's kind of right up my alley. I've, I worked for a long time in advertising, so it kind of goes back to my my madmen days. Uh, although there's so many new opportunities for media exposure nowadays that it actually makes it so much more exciting. So, and, and I love talking about fishing. I love going fishing. I love uh, making memories with my family and my friends. It's, you know, that's, that's the, that's the magic and the, and the fellowship of, of fishing. And I, and I, I, I love it and plan to stay active at it as long as I can. Very cool, man. Before, you know, obviously you mentioned conservation is super important to you and, and, and all that. Why did you decide to join the CCA state board in, in the role that you're in? Well, there, there are a couple of reasons. One is, you know, I am uh, intensely interested in conservation and making sure that the marine environment stays healthy and viable. And we have, you know, vibrant fisheries and in the California coastal waters and, and offshore waters for that matter. I am, I am, uh, you know, I believe in that. I believe in the principles of conservation. However, in, in recent years, the kind of the, a more, the state of California has taken on, I think what I would consider more of a, of a protectionist, uh, philosophy, uh, about the marine resources. So rather than, you know, conserving our marine resources, they want to simply just pro- just lock them down and lock out access to anglers and others who uh, really enjoy being out there catching fish and and enjoying themselves. So, you know, while while conservation is in our in our very name uh, and we believe in it, anglers were really the first conservationists. But we want to continue to be anglers too. We don't want to just sit, you know, on the beach and stare at the ocean and say, "Isn't that great?" We we are participants in nature. We are part of we are part of the overall scheme of things, and we are vital to I think to preserving the ocean resource. Con- I, I shouldn't use that word. Conserving the ocean resources. We we're, we're vital to that because we want our very existence depends on. Uh, healthy fisheries. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've we, we've often talked about this thing between you know the difference between preservation and conservation. Um, you know, pres- preservation is more along the lines of what the state of California is kind of that the state of California has kind of taken that path a little bit, and us as anglers and sportsmen and and outdoor, I mean, I guess outdoor recreators. We tend to have to be on the side of conservation, which is also good too. Yeah, it's it definitely is good. Um, but we but we want to, you know, there are, there are relatively few people who are out there participating uh, in ocean recreation. Uh, anglers are one of them, uh, and a lot of people just you know like to go swimming, or they might you know they may go surfing. But we are active participants in um, it, with the marine environment. And as such, I think anglers tend to treasure marine resources probably more than anybody else. If we, you know, if we don't have healthy marine ecosystems, we don't get to do what we want to do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when it comes to, we want to recreate just as much as anyone else. Um, And, you know, when it comes to our resources, it it makes total sense. And for some reason, it's not... it doesn't make sense to other people outside of our groups, but it makes total sense that, you know, we want to keep doing this for gen- more generations to come. And we, you know, I want to live to see my grandkids go and, and uh, fish and even beyond that. Why would we ever want to decimate it? It just doesn't make any sense. No, it, it makes so, so little sense. And yet the, so it's the state of California right now that's kind of pushing to pushing anglers off of the water, but they're being, they're being funded uh, by well-financed uh, environmental uh, organizations uh, that are basically making heavy con- campaign contributions to politicians, to the governor, to uh, people who are in a position to uh, push an agenda that is clearly anti-fishing. Uh, so environmental groups are anti-fishing. 
there's a, that may sound like I'm just, I'm just, you know, pulling that out of thin air, but it is not, it is the truth. They are anti-fishing. I've heard it from them again and again. And, um, they are here to, they are here to shut down fishing. You know, during the Marine Life Protection Act, um, implementation process, the MLPA implementation process, they told us that they, they weren't anti-fishing, but what we found out was the exact opposite. This was back, uh, 10 or 12 years ago. And what they did was create a network of marine protected areas along the coast that basically shut down fishing in 16, along about 16% of the coast is, is, is consumed by MPAs now. Well, what's going on right now is a process called 30 by 30, which my good friend Bill Shedd has called MLPA 2.0. And the, the movement is called 30 by 30, and it aims to uh, close down a total of 30% of the coast to fishing by the year 2030. Um, and it's only, this, it's only the second step in the process that will, we, I believe, will eventually shut down the entire coast if we don't do something about it now. So is that 30% on top of the 16% that's already taken? Uh, no, no, that is, no, that would be, so what, basically what you would see, Daryl, is you would see a doubling of the number of marine protected areas along the coast. So 16%, another 14%, we would see that would come to a total of 30%. And one of the big things that, and, and, they're, and, and the state, and by the way, this is headed up by the California um, Natural Resources Agency. The CNRA. And, yeah, and by uh, its subdivision, which is the Ocean Protection Council. The governor signed, just by way of background, we should probably back up a little bit. Yeah, well, let's kind of go back to how this all started. And that was back in 2020, which we had AB 3030, the assembly bill in California that basically sought to do this very same thing and just put it in, in law. And, you know, head by yourself and CCA and, and others, we were very successful in defeating that and it kind of just failed or yeah, it died in the appropriations committee way back when. And, um, you know, I think CCA kind of led the charge on that one, built multiple coalitions and, um, we were successful in that. Very much so. And I, you know, I think maybe I, I think we have to give huge credit to, uh, CCA California, uh, along with its coalition partners, um, we got caught uh, on that particular, on AB 3030, which was the Assembly Bill 3030, that has basically the same language as we're seeing right now in the, in the governor's executive order. It, they really tried to pull a fast one on the angling community. Um, they being the uh, representative Calra um, introduced it during the height of the COVID, COVID pandemic when people were more concerned about avoiding getting sick than really paying attention to bills going through the California legislature. So they passed it and very quickly, it moved swiftly through the assembly within weeks of its introduction. It had been, it had gone through two committees and was approved, had been voted on uh, and approved by the, the assembly. And before we even started to get any realize it was there. Um, and then once it moved into the upper house, the Senate, the California Senate, the state Senate, then we became, we became aware and we, we really mobilized very, very quickly. We mean CCA California mobilized very quickly. Uh, we rallied, we rallied anglers through public awareness campaigns, through the marketing committee, our government relations committee moved swiftly to Sacramento to start discussions with uh, senators about this bill. And we were able to generate a lot of public opposition to the passage of AB 3030 um, through our outreach program. It was so powerful. It, it actually went, made it barely through the first committee hearing in the Senate, which was the um, State Parks and Recreation Committee hearing but not without an, uh, a landslide of opposition, uh, call-ins from anglers. Uh, I, I, I dare say- I was on Chris, that call. You were on <laughs> that call. Like five hours. Hour. 
we were all on that call. It lasted. They had to cut us off because there was so much opposition uh, in, in the call-ins. It was overwhelming. Uh, despite all of that, the the uh, Water Parks and Recreation Committee passed it through committee anyway and voted it voted it through. Jim, so, if I remember correctly, I think you know if I remember correctly, back in twenty twenty, one of the big oppositions and one of the key points to driving the opposition was basically how vague it was. I mean, it was just a simple, it was almost a couple sentences to where we want to protect 30% of all coastline or land, water, and ocean, I believe, by 2030. And that was it. They didn't know the, how they were going to do that. They didn't know what they were going to do that, how much it would cost, nothing, which ultimately led to uh, to the demise of that bill. But it, am I remembering that correctly, where it was just super vague, where we just didn't even know? Yeah, there was no, the, it was startlingly vague, startlingly lacking in specifics as to how this was going to happen. And that's the problem with these things. It was the, that was the issue with the Marine Life Protection Act. It was very vague. And when it finally came to the implementation, environmental groups shanghaied the process, funded the process through the Resource Legacy Fund Foundation, and basically interpreted it the way they wanted to interpret it without any regard to what what angling groups felt how it should be interpreted and the we the great fear was that the same thing was going to happen again in its implementation the devil's in the details you know yeah yeah and you know when it comes to details back then they were certainly lagging and then Ultimately, when that bill died, we enjoyed a victory for about six weeks until our governor signed an executive order implementing it anyway. Right, right. It was uh, we were we were uh, full. Our sails were full at that point. We had felt like we had defeated this thing, uh, only to find out. I turn on the television, and there stands uh, Governor Gavin Newsom with Representative Kaura, who had sponsored the bill. That's right. To begin with, uh, standing at a podium, telling us all that he was signing an executive order, uh, est- uh, uh, asking that the uh, the Natural Resources Agency and the and the Ocean Protection Council implement the principles of thirty by thirty. It had completely bypassed the democratic process. Uh, it was now an executive order. In my opinion, a, a, an extreme example of uh, executive overreach. Um, the executive orders are designed to be used in dire emergencies. If we have an earthquake or there's flooding, when we can't wait for the legislature to act, we need to move now because people's lives depend on it. This was, was not a good example of the use of the executive order, but he did it anyway. And he ordered yeah. that his agencies uh, implement 30 by 30 as soon as possible. And, um, you know, and then we were, you know, we were at it again, back, back, back to the fight. Yep. Here we go. And I know back in 2020, during the height of the pandemic, I had remember specifically where they had, I think there was an issue up North to where they were shutting down fishing in a couple different streams and lakes and all that stuff only because there were crowds gathering and whatnot. And I think that was misinterpreted by, um, you know, basically anglers because of how vague it was. They were assuming that all of sport fishing was going to be shut down. And I know Governor Newsom actually uh, specifically called out the fishermen saying fishing is not shut down. And he even said that he fishes himself too. That's what do you remember said. that? Yes, I do. <laughs> I do. I just, I, I, I remember he says, I love to fish. I don't really think he loves to fish. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, if he said it, then I mean, I feel like we, you know, we need to kind of take him for his word saying, hey, if you love to fish, why are you, you know, why is this process being implemented anyway? And if you so do love it, then what are you doing to protect it? Well, I know why. You know, I, we all know why. What happened was the environmental groups that were behind AB 3030 and uh, making, you know, behind Representative Calra, uh, Assembly Member Calra, were, uh, were behind this. So when it failed in the, uh, it failed in the Appropriations Committee, 
um, largely because of our efforts, both publicly and behind closed doors. Uh, CCA was very effective there. But when it failed, environmental groups uh, pressured the governor uh, to move ahead regardless, to ignore the will of the legislature and pressed him to institute these principles. And, uh, you know, as Mark Gorelnik, the chairman of our government relations committee, said to me, you know, it's the golden rule. He who has the gold gets to make the rules. And that's exactly what happened in this case. That does make sense here in, in and, and, our wonderful yeah, state of California. And what's interesting is the language that was in AB 3030 is almost exactly the same as the language that has emerged in this document called Pathways to 30 by 30 that was written by, by the government agencies in charge of its implementation. It is almost exactly the same language. Well, let, let's kind of uh, fast forward to today. I mean, I know the governor ex- issued that executive order back in 2020. And up until this point, the the people at the CNRA and, and everyone else had kind of promised us a seat at the table saying we would be involved in the whole process and all that. And in reality, you know, I think you would, you would have to agree, Jim, where conservation, it sounds like a good thing. It, it's a good idea. We want to do it. However, it's the impl- implementation part of that where we that that's where it kind of rubs a little bit. Yes, definitely. It's that's exactly what it what what's going on. We know for to to, to reiterate, we know that the forces behind thirty by thirty are using it as a tool to shut down fit coastal waters to fishing. This is they they got sixteen percent back twelve years ago. They're going, they're doubling down. They're going for a total of 30% this time. And who knows what will occur in the future? They, they, you know, eventually they're going to ask to double down again and we'll lose more than half of our, our coastline to fishing. And the, and the thing is these, they don't want, you know, they don't want just any areas shut down to fishing. They want the prime habitats shut down to fishing. We've seen that. We've seen that with the, uh, with the MLPA implementation, the, M, the, the, the marine protected areas now that exist. And by the way, California has the most extensive, already has the most extensive uh, network of marine protected areas in the world. The most we regulated are, in the world, yeah. Right. It's, it's put the state at the, on the top of the leaderboard in terms of numbers of marine protected areas. Um, but what we what they what they want to do is they want to just use this as a tool. They say, you know, they they won't say this, uh, but I've heard it behind closed doors and in conversations with people that are heading up government agencies that, in fact, they don't want fishing to take place in any of the new uh, thirty by thirty areas. They will they will be, and this is no joke. If that occurs. We are going to lose so many prime fishing areas, it will change fishing, uh, recreational fishing as we know it. it the, fate, uh, the fate of recreational fishing really hangs in the balance of our, whether we are successful or not successful here. Well, also to give perspective too, you know, uh, to give, yeah, to, to give perspective, it's almost like that 16% sounds like a small amount, but if you look at the map, it represent a big chunk of the coastline here in California. But also there's a stat where that 16% actually basically uh, accounts for 50% of the fishable, quote unquote, fishable waters here in California. Adding another 14% on top of that 16%, I mean, that's got to be detrimental where it's like basically all of coastal fishing in California is going to be shut off if this thing goes through. Yeah, it's uh, they don't want the mudflats, you know. They want prime areas along uh, uh, Point Loma, La Jolla, Laguna Beach, uh, Palos Verdes, um, uh, up up around Point Doom, and all that prime rocky habitat where we love to go fish. A lot of it catch and release fishing for um, calico bass and and uh, rockfish and and yellowtail and barracuda. Those are all that's that's the kind of habitat you fish. You know, you don't, you don't always go out on the flats and, you know, fish for sand dabs. So, um, well, you know, I, I was talking to my good friend, Ben Seacrest from Accurate Fishing Tackle last night, 
And he tells, you know, he used to be, you know, he said he was, he was one of the best calico bass fishermen in California, Southern California, for sure. He won tournaments. He was, he caught big fish and he was all catch and release fishing, by the way. Mm-hmm. And he said when the MLPA was implemented and the MPAs were set up, it basically shut down 90% of the areas where he, he fishes calico bass. So that, to your point, that's, they're not just taking any areas, they're taking the best areas away. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to, you just brought it up yourself, especially right now, nowadays, where you have a different, um, I'll call it a breed of anglers to where, especially, you know, for bass fishing in general, a lot of these, a lot of these guys who love bass fishing, um, you know, yourself, myself, Darren, everyone else, uh, everyone who's pretty much part of the bass fishing circuit and all that. I really don't know too many people who still keep calico bass. It's pretty much all catch and release. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, there were, there was a time when, you know, in my early days when that catch and release ethic did not exist, but it certainly does now. And I don't, I haven't, I haven't killed the bass in probably 30 years. Um, yeah. I do, I do love catching them. You know, they're fun. They're beautiful. We take, beautiful pictures of them but in terms of killing them i can't i can't bring myself to do it i just i couldn't well yeah and and knowing what we know now about the bass specifically and how long it takes to grow to a legal size and obviously the the um the change the reg change from 12 to 14 inches that's got to be helpful too i mean there's there's bass everywhere it's awesome yeah yeah and and the 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 limit the bag limits have been Mm -hmm. reduced so that's the other thing, I guess, that brings me another point that brings me to California, back to California. California has one of the uh, most well-managed fisheries, has the most well-managed fisheries in the entire United States. Our, our fisheries management in, in the state of California is, it leads the world. We, you know, we, we keep a very, very close tab on fisheries and, and make adjustments when that's necessary. We're seeing it right now. With the with the rockfish seasons being shortened, you know we we may not necessarily like it, but you know what? If that's necessary, anglers accept it. We're not we're not we're not fighting against the you know the the shortening of the seasons or the the reduced bag limits. We're saying okay, that's if that's what we need to do to preserve good rock fishing, we will do that. Uh, but thirty by thirty fails to recognize any of these, these management concert as con- legitimate conservation measures. They don't consider it at all. 30 by 30 does not, does not recognize it. Neither does 30 by 30 recognize, um, uh, what I want to say, it does not recognize the influence of, of pollution due to urban runoff and sewage spills. It does nothing to, uh, try to cure the things that some of the things that are really, really bothering our ocean environment right now, they don't, it, it, it says nothing. There's no language in 30 by 30 that addresses these issues. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We're, and, you know, I'll, I'll take it a step further there. The last, say, 30 years or even beyond that, too, the angling community, the sport fishing community, and especially here in Southern California, we do a lot of good for the community in the form of taking plenty of kids out fishing that's why friends of rollo exists and is successful year after year after year we take a whole bunch of vets trips as well that we started here in uh, at cca california with some of our chapters working with different um, other groups and all that stuff taking vets out fishing all really good stuff trying to serve our you know underserved communities and just basically the community and you know with 30 by 30 trying to be implemented that kind of all goes by the wayside, yet it doesn't address any of the bad stuff that's happening right now, right in front of our eyes, like sewage and, um, you know, uh, other than that. And I think, you know, speaking for a lot of a lot of people out there in the industry, we still want, you know, clean water. We still want the beaches to be clean. And we do our part to go do that, those things, yet 30 by 30 addresses none of that, the, re- the real problems. Exactly, exactly. Um and to, to your point about underserved communities, I was talking to one of our board members um, last week, uh, Daniel Tabor, and uh, he heads up programs where uh, in conjunction with, with CCA California, in conjunction with 
the sport fishing landings and in, in conjunction with uh, Rollo, um, where he takes at-risk children out fishing, at-risk youth out, out um, excuse me, at-risk youth out fishing uh, on these boats. And he, he tells some marvelous stories about how these kind of hardened youths that have become skeptical and dis you know, and don't appreciate, you know, anything that they, um, how can I put it? They're at risk. Mm -hmm. And they, he says he takes them out on the boats and all of a sudden he sees this change in their demeanor. He sees them, um, appreciate the ocean, uh, watch the wildlife, the dolphins and the whales and catch fish. And he says, they come back changed individuals. They, he can see the change in them, in these kids. And he says, fishing does that. Fishing is that kind of activity that it, it changed me at five years, five years of age. You know, I became completely hardwired to go fishing after that. And he sees the same thing happening with at-risk youth and, and the programs that he's undertaking. So to see that taken away, to see that some of them now, that's all they want to go do. They want to go fish whenever mm -hmm. they can. They want to go fish. To see that taken away is really taking away access to communities that I believe really, really need to get out on the ocean and go fishing. And 30 by 30 is going to do that. It's going to shut down the opportunities for our underserved communities, for kids everywhere to get out and go fishing and enjoy the ocean and, and marvel at how wonderful this is and give them an outlet that may very well save their lives. Yeah. And, and I'll add another story to that, Jim, when, you know, maybe a couple years ago, I think it was 2018, 2019 or whatnot, I got an opportunity to go on a kid's trip funded by friends of Rollo. And it was all kids that were probably, I don't know, maybe 15, 16 years old from, I believe it was juvenile hall, some, some program out there. And all those kids were super, super grateful to be there when there was a pot of dolphin or pot of uh, porpoise and all that, something that we kind of, as fishermen, we, we, we take for granted a little bit because we always see them when we're going out there and even going out to the bait barge too, and getting live bait too. Everyone was freaking out, having a good time. And we hadn't even done the act of fishing yet. And all those people, you know, all, all those kids and all that, they were on a good path. And I, I got a chance to kind of spend some time with them. And a lot of them that I talked to, they're like, oh man, this is great. This is so fun. You know, when I'm when I'm done doing my done doing my deal, I, I want to get back out here. I want to do this. I want to do that. How do I get a job on a boat? I love this. All kinds of stuff. Basically, you know, reforming and and you know, creating memories for kids of all ages and all circumstances as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I just I think that uh, I think that the uh, the Losing that ability will be tr tragic, and I don't think, I don't, I don't think the state really. Re they talk about access to, you know, it creating access to recreational areas for underserved communities, but I don't really think they mean it. I don't think they mean it when it comes to fishing. I think they mean it. Like you can go walk out, you know, by the beach. That's what we want you to do, but we don't want you to. We don't want you to wet a line. So, mm -hmm. I. Uh, it, it will be it would be truly tragic if that happens. But you know what? We're fighting back, and it's not too late to, to change the course of things. I believe. Yes, and and on that note, let's for let's fast forward all the way to 2023. Still weird to say that, by the way. But <laughs> um, let's let's fast forward to right now. I know up until now, the CNRA and other groups had said that they were waiting for the MPA decadal review to come out. It's now out. And uh, I'm sure you've probably spent all your all your free time reading that document, 137 pages. And um, up until now, up until that report was was going to come out, I think we were kind of just sitting here waiting on the sidelines, waiting for this re report to come out. It's out now. Now what? So ultimately, Jim, when it comes to 30 by 30, we have that Decatur review out now. We're trying to get through it and all that. And I think for the most part, it's kind of what we expected. And and now the 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 Kittle review view is out. The CNRA is is, I guess, trying to act in motion and all that. 
And so we've, you know, we've spent the last, I'd say probably a couple months trying to develop this plan and the plan of action for, for people to basically get involved with this 30 by 30 deal. Because up until right now, we've always been kind of sitting here waiting on the sidelines, um, trying to be part of the conversation, which I think we've, we've been promised, we've been promised a seat at the table, but it really just hasn't been planning out. Right. 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 I, so I, I think what you're referring to is the is what our group, our marketing group, has has put together in conjunction with the government relations committee, and that is this the, a public awareness plan, a public awareness effort. We're we're trying to reach out to all anglers initially and others for that matter. We need to reach out and we need to um, we need to tell them first of all, as we're doing in this very conversation, we need to tell them what thirty by thirty is and outline the threats that it poses to anglers here in the state. It's, um, uh, we, we more specifically, we are coordinating a plan that will have advertisements and communications online and in social media and in, um, various, uh, in video, uh, uh, that will basically tell them about what 30 by 30 is and why they need to be concerned. But we don't want to just, it, part of it is to generate political pressure, put political pressure on the politicians and the regulators so that when we at CCA California goes, go to Sacramento, go to these regulators, attend the meetings, we, we carry behind us, we're backed up by the power of the California angling community the full, we want to bring the full force of the millions of anglers here in the state. If we could get every licensed angler to sign on to and join CCA California, we would have so much political clout, we could not be ignored. And that's really is our goal. We want every angler in the state to become a member of CCA California so that when we go, when we go to Sacramento, we're going with horsepower behind us. That's we need. We need everyone to join the fight. I, whether we'll be successful or not, is a matter of speculation. But one thing's for sure: if we don't get everybody behind it, every angler signed up and ready to go, we will be less than successful. And so, I, I, the our whole program is to say: here's what's happening. Here's the threat it poses, and here's how you here's how you can fight back. And right now, the way to fight back is to join CCA California. Not, and if you're already a member, we'd like you to contribute even more by signing up for the Contribute to Conservation um, program. Contribute as little as $5 a month. But right now, we need all the help we can, we can get to buy media, uh, to uh, generate um, uh, materials, to make other people aware of the program, uh, we, we're going to have, we need to fund a lobbying effort in Sacramento. There's so many things we need to do and we need everybody joining in right now. Not only, not only joining and contributing, but telling their friends about it and getting them. They, I want them to be advocates for joining CCA California as well. We want a viral effect. We want everybody joining in. It's like we're the only organization in the state right now fighting for the rights of anglers. We're, we're it. CCA California is it. We are the NRA for California coastal anglers, and everybody needs to join in right now. Uh, and believe me, if it, if we do, we stand a really, really good chance of um, of having a good result in, through this through this thirty by thirty process. Um, yeah, we, and and we need to do it. One thing to note is, you know, a lot of a lot of these efforts in the past, for example, um, you know, when it came to the lead ban, or um, when it comes to, um, I think it was the three sixty five day license at at one point, um, you know, there's really not like a petition that can be signed or a call to make or to or a phone number to call into to support to or a senator to write or, or whatnot. 30 by 30 is a little bit of a different fight in which, you know, we're not asking for any of that. All we need is really just to file up our lineup, our lineup card, basically trying to get more because really to your point, Jim, 
our strength is in our numbers. And we've said that plenty of times there, but it's really, really important now, now more than ever um, to join CCA and really just kind of put your name on, on our team because um, we need it. We, we, that, that's, it's pretty simple, but you know, it's so true where we need everyone to become a member in our industry, in our communities and all that. And for $40 a year, pretty good deal. It is, it is. And, and I would add that time is of the essence here. You know, as you mentioned, the decadal review is in, it's under, it's going to be reviewed and evaluated and eventually will be submitted to the California Fish and Game Commission. Once that happens, then the 30 by 30 process will begin in earnest. We cannot wait for that. We cannot wait because if we wait until they start to draw the lines, it's too late. So we need to be acting now. We need to be putting our full force behind opposition to any more fishing closures here in California. That's um, and, and we need to get everybody, everybody on, on the bandwagon right away. Because if we, you know, here's the thing. It's, and I, I said this last night when I was at Casey Angler's addressing them. This is not the fun part of fishing. <laughs> it's not. No. Believe me, I'd much rather I'd be out there, you know. People uh, go fishing to get away from all this. <laughs> I know, I know. It's this is like crazy. We this is we want to go fishing. We want to have fun. We want to you know catch a big fish and exchange high fives and hoots and hollers and come back and celebrate at the end of the day. You know that's what we want to do. But but if we don't, you know, sometimes we have to do things that that allow us to do that. And this is one of them. We really need to get everybody everybody joining in. And I mean. And telling your friends, it's not enough just to join either. It's you got to go out and get your friends to join, you know, get passionate about this because if you don't, we're going to, we're going to lose big chunks of the coast of fishing. So I, I don't want to, I don't want to use scare tactics, but that's really what's going to happen. So we need to be, we all need to be um, vigilant right now. I guess to paraphrase someone who said, uh, you know, the uh, the price of good fishing is eternal vigilance, and this is part of what we're doing right now. Is we're we're safeguarding our right to fish. So I've got a question. Sure. Yeah, I, talking with people about thirty by thirty, when they find out that he's signed an executive order, the, I get asked the question: Well, if it's already an executive order, how do you guys plan on fighting that and defeating it? And I don't know if I have the right answer for that or not. You, that's a great. That's a great question. So one of the questions I asked, you know, Mark Relnick, when I I talked to him about this, he said, he said an executive order is not exactly. It's not like. Uh, it's not a democratic process. It's, it's not, not a like. It's 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 just one governor saying do this or get fired, and uh, Darren, some people have gotten fired because they didn't do what the governor said on this. So uh, he's he's pretty serious about it, but. Yeah. On the other hand, we can't just we can't sit, sit idly by and just accept what's going to happen either. These there will be opportunities for public input, um, and there will be there will be politicians we are reaching out to who can in turn put pressure on the governor and put pressure on the regulators to ensure that thirty by thirty is happening. Part of the part of our marketing plan, by the way, our marketing plan is so extensive we couldn't even get in. To all the various elements here in this conversation. Right. But one of the parts of the marketing plan is reaching out to CCA members and anglers in general and finding out who has those critical relationships with politicians in, um, in, a, in the state. Who and do then, you know? Yeah. Yep. Who do you know that we can talk to and we can present the, our, our, our story on 30 by 30 and that they in turn go to then go to people who make who are in the position to make decisions and put pressure on them tell them what's going on so that's one of the things you know it's kind of an under it, i don't want to call it an underground uh, effort but it is certainly an effort that is not going through the typical channels the the official communication channels it's going you know it's going behind a closed door in sacramento to a politician who you know has is in an area where fishing is very popular and we meet with that politician and he or she, you know, here's our story and then takes that to the governor's office or takes that to the, you know, the C CNRA or the OPC and says, 
you know, my constituents, they don't, they don't want to be shut out from fishing. So that's happening already, by the way. Uh, our, one of our members, our board members, Luke Burson, is heading up that effort. Um, and we've already, we were already scheduling meetings with representatives uh, in Sacramento and, uh, and elsewhere to help make that happen. So it's not like we're just sitting idly by and saying, oh, we have to wait for the proper channels to, you know, to send an email or, you know, or just or sit in on a meeting with 250 other people about 30 by 30. We are, we are going directly to people who can influence the process. Uh, but we, and, and, and so that's kind of, that kind of drills down into the government relations side of the equation. But in the meantime, our marketing plan but you, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but it's, you know, stop the closures is the theme. Stop the closures. You're seeing it appear now in a lot of different places through a lot of different channels. Um, and you'll see it at the, you'll see it at the Bart Hall shows. You'll see it at the PCS show. You'll see it at day at the docks as well. Um, we're pushing that out. Um, and the whole idea is create a, an atmosphere where, regulators know we are on to them we don't want any more closures and so they pay attention to us otherwise they're only going to pay attention to the environmental groups and two people that i feel we need to reach out to would be assemblyman kylie and gallagher they filed a lawsuit i think about a year maybe two years ago against gavin newsom for his governmental overreach of power they sued him on 39 executive orders, which would change 200 laws, and they won. That is exactly what our, our political outreach program is designed to do. You just yep. you are a good example of how you know what we want to do, how we who we want to reach out to. So yep. I'm not a law, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know what the legal basis were for those lawsuits, but we mm -hmm. definitely should be talking to them about this. Yeah, those are two guys that I think we need to get involved with this. Yeah. So and, in that case, in that case, let us know. We will and we'll take it from there. And one thing also to clarify, um, you know, uh, one thing that I've been kind of drilling to our chapters and, and our chapter members and all that is, you know, it, it really starts with yourself as far as your connections go. You may know someone that who absolutely you don't even know that they had that connection or a friend of a friend or whatever. It could be a connection to anyone, too, where. It could be, you know, you may or your neighbor's, your neighbor's girlfriend's dad is the ex-mayor of some town or, you know, the, your, your plumber's, you know, father is a city councilman or, or something like that. Anyone, whether they, they may not be the right connection right away, but those people know people as well. And it's almost kind of like it, it's a snowball effect and we're trying to tap into any avenue that we possibly can to get to the top. Right. It's a, it's a classic case of networking. We need to network as much as possible. And uh, we need to keep track of those contacts and people and, and make a concerted effort to reach out to them. Um, yeah. One of, one of our board members is, is close friends with uh, re uh, Representative uh, Mike Garcia he, on another issue he's working on. He's setting up a he's setting up a, a meeting with with him. Daniel Tabor is setting up meetings in Sacramento as part of his uh, um, the Kappa League that he belongs to through Cal State LA. So he's he's going to be doing that. So we have you know we're we're reaching out to politicians wherever possible, uh, and uh, it's um, I you know that should bear fruit. But it's that's really kind of the deep dive into CCAs. 30 by 30 campaign. And, uh, but it will ultimately, I think that will be one of the most effective ways of doing this as we found out with AB 3030, because even though we generated a tremendous amount of public opposition to AB 3030, it was the behind the scenes negotiations that ultimately led to its demise. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about joining CCA we talked about donating on a monthly basis, which you can go and sign up for right now at ccalifornia.org uh, forward slash donate. Um, you can donate on a monthly basis, as little as five bucks, 10 months, maybe a cup of coffee, whatever. Um, everything helps. It really does. And if, if you can imagine everyone in the, and just in Southern California alone donates 10 bucks, 
the amount of opportunity and resources we could have where we can go lobby some more and all that stuff, how much more effective we could be, it's certainly unmanageable. But then also one thing that we've developed as part of our marketing plan, as we've talked about a little bit, is we actually created a web page on our website that is basically a one-stop shop. I'm calling it the 30 by 30 Information HQ on our website. And um, you put a lot of effort into that, Jim. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Sure, sure. Well, being a writer, I've, I've been able, I, it's easy for me to develop background materials, uh, put words on paper, create, create uh, graphics and, and advertisements and uh, scripts and, and talking points and, and all kinds of things. And so if you're, you know, if you're belong to CCA and you want to address a group of people on 30 by 30, we have so many uh, pieces of information and resources available to you on that website that you can go out and you can tell the 30 by 30 story yourself. If you have a, if you, if there's a politician that you know, and you want to talk to them, you can take these materials with you. You can brief yourself on what 30 by 30 is and why we need to be concerned about it in, in, in your meetings with, with, with decision makers. So we've got news releases. Uh, we, we continually update it with news releases on what's happening, what the latest news with 30 by 30. We have uh, uh, background papers, one by Bill Shedd on there that's a very good uh, treatise on, uh, if you, if you want to read it, on 30 by 30 and why MPAs are not the solution and why anti-phishing, why phishing closures are not the solution. I, I developed a, a background paper myself on the, the, the 30 by 30 in California, the battle to date, wh where we started and where, where we are right now. Uh, you can read that. There are also, if, you're, if you are in radio, there are radio scripts that you can, you can cut a, a PSA, a public service announcement on 30 by 30 if you want on there. We also have just recently developed a, a talk outline that I think we're going to put on there. Chris, I think that's a good idea. Uh, a talk outline that if you're addressing a group, uh, whether it's a church group or it's an angling group or whatever, just, you know, just having coffee with friends, there's a script here where you can, you, it's basically a, a, a short speech that you can deliver on 30 by 30 yourself. We're also going to have a video spot on 30 by 30. There'll be a one minute video, uh, clip that you can play it that outlines our position and why you need to be concerned about 30 by 30 um what am i missing there's ads on there there's fly pieces you can print out and do flyers for your clubs um uh, there's so, uh, just to ahead. just to clarify all of these info or all of these pieces of info and are easily downloadable from our website and it's under the media kit so if you go the, to the initial, so getting to this 30 by 30 info HQ, super, super simple. You just log on to ccacalifornia.org and it's the first thing you see. It pops up right on our homepage, the 30 by 30, you click on learn more and it basically takes you to everything that you need to know. And then also uh, along the lines of that is um, we also did record some, th uh, some 30 second or 15 second radio spots as well. So if you don't even want to record them or if you don't want to read them, email us, reach out to us. We can record them ourselves and send them to you. And all you have to do is copy and paste. Super, super simple. Um, you know, we also uploaded the reference materials. So the pathways to 30 by 30 document, um, that's a little bit of a shorter read, but it kind of gives a general overview of what they're trying to accomplish in 30 by 30. We also have the full MPA decadal review linked on that page as well. So if you've, if you've got some time and enjoy reading and all that, um, you can read it yourself. You can read exactly what they're saying and, and what it is. Educate yourself, and um, and then, like I said, the, the media kit as well. That um, it's all you know, it's a one stop shop, basically. Yeah, yeah, Chris, you did a great job of assembling all the resources and materials. And by the way, there's on the ads. There's a QR code. You don't even have to. You don't even have to type it in. You can scan the QR code on our ads and our. Uh, display materials. There'll be one on the video. You can just scan it in uh, on your phone and it'll take you directly to uh, to the ccacalifornia.org website and uh, one click, you're one click away from the 30 by 30 landing page. 
Yeah. And, you know, another aspect that we've already touched on is getting the word out about 30 by 30. You ask anyone on the boats, on at the landings, on the piers or whatnot, you ask them, hey, have you heard about 30 by 30? And more often than not, the answer is no. And so it's a huge information push that we're trying to push out there. And I know we've posted about it a couple of times on our social media pages. We have our own reach, just like you have your own reach, Jim, and everyone else and all these brands and companies do. Go ahead, download that, repost it, reshare it to your social, to your own social media, because you have a different network than I do. And I have a different network from Darren and Darren has a different network than you, than you, Jim. I mean, basically kind of like what you said earlier, we want this campaign to go viral. And the way to do that is basically just keep sharing and sharing and sharing all this great information that we've uh, kind of put together the last couple months uh, for, for all of our members, supporters, and just the sport fishing community in general. That's right. Uh, the one thing I will add is we also, if you have a club or organization or uh, any, anyone where you think it would be helpful for somebody to come out and talk um, to your organization about 30 by 30, and provide them with more details and answer questions. Um, we do have a speakers bureau uh, consisting mainly of me and Chris, and <laughs> <laughs> but no, but there are more. There are others who can talk to this. But if you want somebody to come out and talk to your organization uh, about thirty by thirty, uh, we can set that up. I'm, I've already, I've, I've I've done a couple of speaking engagements already, and I've booked for two more here in the next couple of weeks. So, um, you know, we, Chris is, is down in San Diego County. I'm up in Los Angeles, Orange County area. Uh, Darren, you're out in the Inland Empire. We, you know, we, can, we, we have those areas covered, and, and we would be glad to come and talk to you about 30 by 30. Yeah, and, you know, kind of, you know, to, to put an exclamation point on that, you know, you need to really kind of take the initiative as anglers. If you belong to a fishing club, Start asking around, start asking your president saying, Hey, you know, have we, can we talk a little bit about this for, for a little bit and all that? Cause it's super, super important. I feel 30 by 30 is really going to be, um, the defining moment for CCA California to where, you know, as long as we're successful and all that, this is kind of the exact same, this is the exact issue why organizations like ours exist. This is exactly why we exist, why we have to exist here in California. Exactly. Exactly. This is, this is who we are. And there, there is no, unfortunately, there is no other organization in our position right now. We are, we are the organization for anglers, uh, for coastal anglers. If you, if you care about your fishing, if you want to continue to fish. And by the way, a lot of us aren't doing this for ourselves. Um, I will say this. I'm 70 years old. I'm not going to be, I may not be around to see 30 by 30 implemented, but I don't care. I want my kids and my grandkids and their kids to be able to enjoy fishing just like I did here in California. I don't, you know, it's, it's, it, it, we want to enjoy this for generations to come. And that's what it, that's really what it's all about. It's about generations to come and their ability to continue to enjoy fishing for many, many, many years into the future. And we're going to do that by taking, taking care of the marine resources and preserving our right to fish. Yeah. And with all that being said, we are coming up on a very exciting time in the sport fishing industry. And we're going to be coming across some shows coming up here in the next Crap, I think it's two weeks from now was uh, Bart yeah. Hall Show in Del Mar and then PCS after that and then Long Beach and all that where I'm sure, I, I mean, I'm not sure. I know you'll actually see some 30 by 30 materials all around, all over the place. And it's super important to get involved. Yes, it is. It is. So I know anglers are not always, you know, they, they may be reluctant to get involved. But in this case, I, I it's it's more important now than ever before. Yeah. And, and on that note, Jim, if you don't want, if you're the kind of guy that doesn't want to get political, that goes fishing to escape all the politics and all the BS and all that stuff, um, you know, honestly, the simplest thing that one could do is buying the show package at the show uh, out in front or pre-registering, um, which is all available on our website too. 
buying the show package, attending our events, making just a, a small contribution, whether that's through your own personal checkbook or even through your business too. We have our annual financial sponsorship program where you can actually contribute through your business. And uh, we are a 501c3, by the way. And, um, you know, things like that, participating in our events. We have plenty of tournaments coming up this year. We've got banquets. We've got really, really fun events. I know we have the golf tournament in Orange County. IE is putting together a a badass tournament or a badass uh, event out at Top Golf in IE in Ontario. Um, That's fun. Jim, have you been to Top Golf, by the way? I have not. I'm not much of a golfer, but I'm going to go this year. Hey, <laughs> I'm going to go. Make, make it. I mean, if you're going to go, make it at our event. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I will. I will. I, I, I'll probably. I'm going to go to that, and I'll probably go to the Orange County golf event as well. So, um, I'm, that's I'm always looking, a good time too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to those. Also, we have the Coastal Social tournaments, and people may not always associate those with CCA California, but those also benefit the organization, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. We've got an online tournament going on with Coastal Social called the Coastal Social Shootout. We're in the winter season right now. Um, it's $50 buy-in for three seasons this year or $125 all-in price for all three, if you'd like. And um, that's a that's a great way of getting involved too. I mean, all right. these proceeds for Coastal for through Coastal Social, through our events, through our fundraisers, through our banquets, uh, show package and all that stuff that all benefits CCA that goes directly towards fighting for your right to fish. Um, the show package is a steal because I mean, for 60 bucks, you're getting your membership, uh, you're getting your membership, which you're taking care of that. Also, you're going to get into the show as well. Um, if you can sign up at PCS, you're going to get a free script, uh, subscription to PCS for a year as well. I mean, it's almost like a slam dunk and, um, trust me, you want to pre-register for that because it just makes life a hell of a lot easier, but participating in our events, that's really what it comes down to Um, on top of, you know, contributing and getting involved in the fight um, for with uh, 30 by 30. Yeah. Yeah. The the show, I'll go back to the show specials. I think that's a great deal. You know, you can't really, really can't beat it. You're getting so much for your money. It's almost, it's almost like, why wouldn't you do that? Why -hmm. wouldn't you do that? And we want you to join CCA to begin with. Okay, here's a way you can do that. You can fulfill what we're asking to joining the fight against 30 by 30 uh, fishing closures and get into the show and get some great goodies, goodie bag at the same time. So um, I would encourage everybody going to the shows, whether it's one of the Bart Hall shows or PCS, you know, sign up for that. Sign up ahead of time. Don't wait in line. Just get right into the show and you're and you're uh, free, clear. And then you're going to have a good time and knowing mm-hmm. you did the right thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Jim, are we going to see you at any of the shows coming up? You will be, you will be. Unfortunately, I won't be at Del Mar. I'm going to another show. I'm going to the Miami international boat show where I have to be, have to be doing some work and testing some boats and things like that. Oh darn. I feel bad for you. (laughs) I know it's a tough life, Uh, (laughs) but I'm planning on PCS and I'm planning on the long uh, Bart Hall long beach show. So I will, uh, I will plan to be there. I'm also looking forward to day at the docks later on. Doc talks going to have a booth at PCS. So be sure to stop by. All right. I will. That sounds like fun. I, yeah, I, I love, I love doc. I love doc talk by the way. I Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. We'll get you Very on the mic cool. again while you're there. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I know this was kind of a, a little bit of a different episode for us. We normally talk a lot more fishing and all that, but you know, really we kind of wanted to bring you Jim on and really kind of just dive into 30 by 30. We often talk about it and how important it is, but really, you know, with the beginning of the year, we're just barely into February and all that. I feel like it's super, super important to really dive into the details of 30 by 30 to educate as many people as we possibly can. And uh, you certainly helped us out, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here and I uh, look forward to seeing you on the road. Yep, for sure. Jim, before we let you go, where can we follow you on social media? How do we get in contact with you? All that good stuff. Well, um, so I, I, you know, I think it's Jim Hendricks one is where I am on Facebook. I don't do a lot of Instagram, uh, but you can also go to uh, saltwatersportsman.com. That's uh, the, my magazine and, and you'll find gr- lots of great stories. I, w- I write almost exclusively. I write West Coast stories. Just we just published a cool story on clear poppers for bluefin tuna. 
which uh, I, I'm really happy about. We're, I'm, right now, I'm, I'm finalizing a story on uh, slow pitch jigging for rockfish, uh, time to uh, appear for the April 1st opener of rockfish season. I think that's going to be a very cool story, too. We're working on other stuff. Uh, we're going to be doing stories on fast trolling for bluefin tuna out here. Um, lots of li- lots and lots of great stuff. I got boat tests that appear in every issue, and my electronics column. I, I'm the electronics editor for Saltwater Sportsman. My electronics column appears in every issue, so we delve into some specific aspect of, uh, of marine electronics for fishing, be it uh, transducers or fish finders or uh, uh, charts, radar. Just, just about anything's on the table there. So, and I, I enjoy that. That's one of my, one of my great passions is, is marine electronics and fishing electronics in particular. See, we didn't even get into any of that. I feel like we, we're shortchanging everything. So We've got I'll two come, or three more I'll, episodes with him. I'll come back again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. We definitely need you for sure. I think that'd be a great episode about electronics. That would be, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, I just did. A, I just finished a story on um, how to choose the right frequency for deep water because we're getting into so much deep water fishing now. Uh, I mean, there's, there's the the daytime sword fishing the guys are doing out here. There's rockfish, of course, um, and now we're opening up the depth limits. Uh, and so you're gonna. I think we're gonna see an emerging uh, fishery for deep water rockfish and sable fish. Believe it or not, uh, nice. so. I'm doing some research on sablefish and how to how to target those in the deeper water as well. And but that's all going to take the right kind of electronics to re- boom down there and actually find those fish. Can you imagine with the depth changes and all that in California? Can you imagine what kind of fish are going to start <laughs> popping up here? Well, when they went out to 600 feet, you started to see new and different species. I mean, there's a Guys are catching these snowy groupers out in 600 feet of water. Do you, I don't know if you've seen any of those. It's like, no. wait a minute. I didn't even know we had snowy groupers in, in California. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even know we had groupers except for salmon grouper. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. Jim, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, my friend. Really, really appreciate all the intel. I, like I said before, this conversation needed to happen. It should have happened. And um, thank you so much for coming on and, and making it happen. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Darren, different episode, but super, super important, man. Yes, it's an episode that needed to be had. And I'm sure it's not going to be the last one. Oh, yeah. I'm sure we'll probably have a few of these throughout the year as 30 by 30 is super, super important and for us anglers here in California and um, have to do it. Looking forward to it. Yep. Awesome, guys. Well, don't forget to check out our Instagram at CCA California. Make sure to follow us on Instagram. Also, check out our webpage, ccacalifornia.org. Like I mentioned before, if you want to learn any more about this 30 by 30 stuff, just click on the learn more on the 30 by 30 tab and uh, go through that media kit. Go through all the documents that uh, we provided for you. Go educate yourself and uh, tell a friend too, because we certainly need the help on the info um, display distributing all that info and um, also become a member. It's super, super important in a time like right now. Join CCA.org. Darren, good episode, man. Good to see you. Good to see you too, man. Awesome. We will see you guys next week. Take care.